course. We are dead. We are all dead. We were supposed to make the world a better place. What happened? I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I know kung fu. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. This whole thing is insane. This whole thing is insane. 300 years ago, you'd have been burned at the stake. What do all men with power want? More power. This is now the United States of Zombieland. This whole thing is insane. Man is evil, capable of nothing but destruction. Everybody is stuck with the things that they're not proud of. More power. Welcome to the desert. Of the real. More power. There can be only one. Are you a God-fearing man, Senator? You're such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of is me. After reading the subject line, you might be doing your best Bill and Ted. No way! Yes way! On the latest AV Live, we hosted a group of techno-thelemites with incredible tools to break down the veil and communicate with the beyond. Several members of Listening Post Alpha materialized at the Virtual Alexandria to show their mediumship findings. From contacting the White Lodge to deciphering the call of those trickster ultra-terrestrials, we learned a brand new form of spirit communication. Moreover, you'll get pink beam gnosis when they reveal how Philip K. Dick's anamnesis fits into a larger Typhonian slash Thelemic context that links up with Twin Peaks themes. As I mentioned at the start, after a promo video, the Virtual Alexandria Academy is now officially open. Link on the show notes and on my homepage. But here is a brief summary of online education you won't find anywhere else on the internet. You get four modules, more than 25 hours and 15 plus classes of visually stunning videos, slides, and commentaries from me and even some experts slash academics slash theologians in the Gnostic field. There are detailed instructions, audio, video recreations, and materials you can use for research or to incorporate into your spiritual life. There are downloadable assets like prayers to the Gnostic goddess, vowel magic and chanting science, astral flight rituals, and so much more. The Virtual Alexandria Academy also includes Gnostic astral journey diagrams and maps, magical seal graphics, and detailed reconstructions of Gnostic rituals, and bonus videos to better understand the module themes and much more. So join right now and get 20% off the price with the code, yes, you got it, AMBYTE. Don't forget my voiceover availability for any podcast, commercial, audiobook, documentary, or whatevs. 
I'll bring you stellar results with down-to-home professionalism. And don't forget, I do have an Amazon wishlist and a fantastic merch store. Other than that, let us to our latest AB Live. Are shadows the same as Lyra's dust? Yes. And is dust dark matter? Yes. So dark matter is conscious? Evidently. <laughs> the mind that's answering these questions. It isn't human, is it? No. But humans have always known us. There's more than one of you. Uncountable billions. What are you? Angels. Angels? Yes. Angels are creatures made up of shadow matter of dust. Yes. And shadow matter is what we call spirit. From what we are, spirit. From what we do, matter. Matter and spirit are one. You've always been there. Making, stimulating, guiding. So does that mean angels have intervened in human evolution? Yes. Well, why? have it the little promo video telling you that the virtual alexandria academy is officially open more information on the show notes and i shall explain more too but first of all welcome everybody to ab live episode 101 and this is going to be some 101s tonight great to see everybody already going in the chat room and just remember we are not the final authority on anything, but hope to be an endless possibility for everything. You are the final authority, have always been, and your potential is limitless. If you only understood the power you have within you, then, well, you would still be in a world where, where men have nipples, but you would be in a state of ecstasy about it. So awesome. So tonight I am very excited. Some of you may have read the title that says Philip K. Dick, Twin Peaks and Ultra Terrestrials and go, what in the Hades? There's no way there's a relation, but there isn't. That's just scratching the surface. If I wanted to be honest, it probably would have been a paragraph, a subject line, because we have some researchers and magicians that are doing incredible work and they really bring it together. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Bobby. Bobby, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for coming on. And yes, it says listening post alpha king sport division. So just in case you guys know, that is Bobby. And with us too, we are very excited to have as well Groucho Trout. Groucho, how are you? Good and well. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, representing uh, listening post alpha Louisville division. 
Ah, Louisville, Kentucky, huh? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. My wife is very interested in moving there. I don't know why. She likes horses and bourbon, and I told no. her. There you go. There's got to be more than <laughs> stereotypes. Is it there beautiful is. down there? It can be, was, yeah. 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 Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Something to consider. Mm-hmm. And with us, too, we've got the Moondog Vance and quite a background. Vance, how are you doing? Not too bad for having just come out of the Black Lodge. Uh, Windermere sends his regards. <laughs> <laughs> and Bob, of course. Yes. Uh, and Bob, of course. One of my longtime teachers, Windermere. Yes. <laughs> Not J.R. Bob Dobbs. Bob. <laughs> Praise Bob, though. All yeah, Bob's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise Bob. All Bob's are good. <laughs> One way or another. Well, awesome. Yeah, I see. As always, uh, you, I see you in the chat room. Good to see everybody there. Uh, if you have any questions later on, all caps, uh, question marks, yada, 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 super chats. We will do our best to get to you. But first, why don't we talk about our guests? And, uh, well, tell us, Bobby, what is listening post-alpha? Uh, Listening Post Alpha, uh, we get the name from the top secret uh, building in which Major Briggs did his work for Twin Peaks. Um, This is where he tried to pick up uh, vibrations and messages from what's known as the White Lodge. Um, But it turns out that he was picking up a lot more than that. and we'll get into that later. But yeah, so we and we pick up the project um, where they left off. It's classified and dangerous. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, anything you want to add to that, Groucho? And you guys have chapters or different members in different parts of the world. How does it work? Yeah, we've got a Aberdeen, Scotland division. Uh, can't be with us tonight, unfortunately, but. Um, yeah, yeah, we're, and it's a uh, reflective of I think the the greater work that we're doing is uh, creating a network, uh, creating a relay system of communication. You know, with the and listening. This is, and is is your basis, or are you based on any tradition? I mean, is it the Lima, or what's some of your foundations or cornerstones? Um, we say all of the above. <laughs> yeah, we we are. Yeah, we draw heavily from from Thelemic <clears throat> traditions, but we are not popular amongst Thelemites, really. Um, and there's reasons for that. Um, number one, we're using a uh, heavily contested cipher, um, also known as the secret cipher of the Ufanots or ALW cipher. Um, and it's kind of full. It's kind of uh, its progenitors are sort of um, very traditional in their approach. And so they're not crazy about our approach or whatever, but um, we're using it to communicate with ultra terrestrials and um, the denizens of the white and the black lodge. Yeah. I think that's why we all connect. We're, we're like outsiders amongst a group of people that most people consider outsiders to begin with, you know? So I think, uh, yeah, we have a lot of similar background, uh, Michael Berto, the the Voodoo Gnostic tradition, and mm. uh, yeah, sci-fi, you know, quote unquote fiction. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you meet, or how did it start? Was there a genesis, or how did it evolve? I think it was on Facebook, wasn't it, when we first hooked up? 
Yeah, um, we started, uh, I met Groucho, um, I saw him doing some art on the uh, Typhonian OTO's website, or I guess you would, it's the Kenneth Grant um, Facebook, mm-hmm. and I thought it was really amazing. I invited him to the ALW Cypher group that I have on Facebook. He started posting things. There's only maybe four or five people that ever post anything on there. And um, I was really impressed by the sub, the content and um, some of the, the connections that he was making seemed to sync up with some of the intel that I was gathering. Um, and then he was also interested in, I think, actually, maybe he already had a spirit box. And that's the other tool that we use. Um, so we use the the I use a PSB seven spirit box. I think you use a PSB 11, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, so we we were both already kind of combining those two things, those, those two techniques. And um, so we decided to kind of go from there. And, and it was kind of my idea. Like uh, I, had, I had received some some spirit communication that basically uh, told me that I was carrying on the work of uh, Major Briggs and Dale Cooper and um, that I should uh, that I should work to restart this project in this reality. And to be fair, just to clarify, I did have the spirit box, but it wasn't until I hooked up with Bobby and the LPA when it became obvious that uh, there there were a lot of potent results coming from combining the spirit box with like a traditional ceremonial ritual, magical context. And ever since I started doing that, I was like, I'm totally on board with these guys. So Wow, yeah, you guys are proving that Facebook is worth something and right. technology doesn't have to doom us. And well, yeah, like uh, I mean, I live in a pretty rural I live in a pretty rural area. Um there aren't a lot of like people into any of this stuff out here. So, you know, I, I kinda depend on the internet to really make connections, you know. So Yeah, yeah. And then of course, uh yeah, again, technology and spirituality when they meet, it's uh it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, when I, when you first reached out to me, uh, I saw the spirit box, and I had like uh, I had to remember back in what 2014, 15, uh, I had a job as a ghost hunter, oh, and yeah. we would go to downtown Chicago to the places where all the mobsters were and oh, uh, awesome. so forth. Uh, you know, the accountants under, and this was all underground buildings, basements, and uh, right. we would bring parties and go uh, Al Capone own most of these at one point and we uh we didn't use a spirit box although one of the ghost hunters would come with a spirit box and he would kind of do it on the side and he would show me how it worked we used we had to use the rods that's how we communicated and some other things and none of that i look back it's probably the best job i've ever had and i don't think i'll ever have a best job if somebody made you know made me head of a studio or something great it wouldn't matter this i think that was the best job ever but anyway so i anyway i'm a believer in this stuff i've seen those you know at midnight at the bottom of al capon's vault with 20 people freaking out because we're all seeing the same and we're communicating Mm -hmm. but tell us a little bit of how you get the spirit box to work and really communicate with the other side and then maybe tell us what they for those who might not know who are who are these ultra terrestrials okay so my approach is a little different to the spirit box you know um i mean there i guess by this point there are a few different approaches but um i'm not really uh trying to talk to uh spirits like as in like ghosts or anything like that like i'm going more towards like a 
uh, placing myself in sort of a, a, the space and time, like a nexus point and the zeitgeist and trying to uh, draw out um, certain frequencies from the noise. And uh, I guess my metaphysical assumption that I'm working off of is more of a like from William S. Burroughs and the cut up method where uh, he says, um, you know, when you cut into the present, the future leaks through. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's true. Um, and that's I've done extensive work with cut ups, you know, since I was like a little boy, essentially. And um, I've done enough work in that that field with just paper text to know that that's true. Um, so I thought, well, that would be really interesting to do with the spear box. And so I will sit down. Originally, the the method was simply sit down, turn the spear box on, let it scan and sit and record phrases that I hear com- the, coming out of the spear box, you know, and then go back and analyze it using uh, the ALW Gematria and see if I can pull out um, uh messages, um, esoteric information. And then I went from there and I had some, I had some basic success and then I moved on to working with, um, spirits from different grimoires. Um, the first one I tried since, uh, this, the cipher comes from what's called the English Kabbalah tradition. Um, Jake Stratton Kent wrote a book, uh, one of the earliest books about uh, this stuff um, called Libra 187. And it's basically a grimoire uh, to work with English Kabbalah and this cipher. And uh, so there's a spirit register of 22 spirits, which he pulls from the third chapter of Libra Alvel Legis, which, by the way, I don't know if I, I mentioned this, but. This is also the cipher comes from uh, a riddle in Liber Alvelegis by Alistair Crowley. Um, so in the third chapter, there's a uh, adorations. There's a chapter called the adorations and it's taken from the Stele of revealing. And um, a lot of, uh, a lot of Thelemic scholars have kind of had some issues with it. I mean, even though it's like central to being a Thelemite, like you're, you got to have a Stele and, you know, you're supposed to set it up in the East and all this kind of stuff to do your rituals, your ritual workings from there's still issues about the translation. Why did he do it this way or that way? Or why is there this sudden stop in the middle of it? And um, JS, JSK figures out that uh, there's actually these 22 three lettered uh, spirit names that go all the way down the register uh, um, in, in this, this one section that end up uh, through the middle of those three letters. You have the, spirit names of the four uh, governors of the stations in Liber Resh, which is like Ahathor, uh, Kefra, Ra, so on. And so I started using that. Nobody's really done. I mean, some somebody's done work with it, like Jake Stratton Kent and a few other people in England have done work with it. And so I did, started doing work with that to see if I could dial into those, those intelligences um, and kind of get information through the spirit box that matched up to the character of those of those spirits and the way that you verify that is by using the correspondences to the 22 major arcana and so like i would sit down and well i would do the i would do a section from libra so like if it's noon 
I, I did the section from Lieber Resch for noon. And then I would sit down and I would put the spirit box, I put, I would pull the spirit box out, turn it on, put my headphones on. And, um, I would pull out my, uh, my book of Toth tarot and I would, uh, pull a card. And if the card was underneath, under that station and associated with a spirit under that station, then I would go to work. You know, I would start listening in. And a lot of times I would get, you know, a lot, like a lot of information about that spirit or about whatever it was that was kind of on my mind that day. Um, I was shown places to go like get, get a job. One time I was unemployed and they showed me very clearly where to go get a job. I mean, stuff, oh. real basic stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, and so it was, I, first I learned that, you know, well, it works in a very basic way. Then I learned, well, it, it works with, with spirit, with spirit registers and it has, uh, you know, pragmatic implications. And then I started, um, also just kind of, uh, doing the work to kind of uh, build a, a greater spirit ontology, I guess. And that's kind of what we're working on today is, um, yeah, like identifying certain, like re the spirits that actually want to talk to us rather than, you know, like going into these uh, different registers or whatever. And it's weird because now what we're getting is, is like, um, we'll get directives about like, well, you need to work with this system this month and mm -hmm. this system, this other month and stuff like that, which is pretty fascinating. That's awesome. Yeah. And for the audience, uh, they record this in their book, <clears throat> which I read. So it's all there. All uh, you can verify the systems, uh, the numbers, everything else. And by spirits, you're talking about uh, ultra terrestrials, are you? Yeah, like and, and White see, Lodge, or I know we use different names for. Yeah, and when I, when I say ultra terrestrial, I mean maybe other people mean different things, but I mean like earth, like earthen spirits that that uh, communicate with us on Earth, or uh, you know any anything known as like spirit or other or God or you know whatever cryptid <laughs> even you know I, I put it all there. and that's why i use ultra terrestrial is because it's yeah it, it it uh it implies like the whole the plethora of of those beings including ourselves in the future <laughs> that is true that's a good which point. may be the entire pantheon <laughs> exactly <laughs> that remains to be seen yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you sent me your book. Somebody, <clears throat> I saw somebody asking. I think it was. I think it was Chad. Uh, it was real quick, but your uh, your book is simply "Listening Post Alpha Journal Year One." Is that yes. the official yeah. title? Yes. And this is something people can get. Yeah, it's available on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, it was Chester. There you go. Hey, Chester. Okay, yep. so there you available have it. Available on Amazon. Yeah, there's a pretty good deal on it right now too. Mm -hmm. Good deal. Good deal. And. Um, how does uh how does Twin Peaks uh fall into it? Obviously, I think it's nonfiction, but again, it's a to an extent. But how did the the so Twin Peaks fall my, into it? my my synchromystical relationship with Twin Peaks starts um around New Year's Day of 2019. Um, I started watching 
Twin Peaks real heavy. I started going through season one and season two around November of that, of 2018. I never, I'd watched like some episodes, you know, and I was, I, I kind of had a vague idea of, of Lynch, you know, I thought he was, I thought he was, the idea of him was cool, but I didn't really, I hadn't really like given him much attention. And um, so I started, I got it real hooked on Twin Peaks and I uh, finished season one, season two, and I started watching fire. I went to watch Firewalk with me and um, I was watching it on New Year's Day. I'm sitting with, uh, I always try to stay active with some art or something, you know, and I had this big pile. I was working on some paintings. And I had this big pile of uh, cut up pieces of paper in front of me, which I call that. I, I respect it as an entity. I call it the haunted and accursed pile. And um, I was watching the scene with uh, uh, the autopsy scene of Teresa Banks and Teresa Banks is laying there. She's a corpse and they're checking out her fingernails and they find the letter T underneath her fingernail. And that's something I guess that uh, killer Bob, that's his signature is that he leaves little uh, pieces of paper with a letter of his name, which I guess his full name is Robertson. And he'll put, he'll leave those underneath all his victims fingernails. So they find a letter T and they pull it up. And I thought, and I looked down and I'm like, well, I got all this piece of all this paper in front of me. And I just pull the first, you know, little piece that I've got. And it says, see myself. And I thought, wow, that's that's interesting, you know, because I have like kind of this this corpse of information, you know, uh, this autopsy of of words and information laying in front of me, you know. And so I could see the sort of the uh, the metaphor at play or whatever, you know. And um, then I looked it up by the secret cipher because I've been doing a little bit of work with it, but I wasn't that impressed with it. Honestly, at first, I've been looking for an English gematria that kind of hit as hard as the Hebrew, but and I I didn't know as much. I didn't know enough Hebrew for it to really resonate with me a lot. So I was kind of struggling in my practice at the time. And um, I went and looked up the phrase see myself and waited with Teresa Banks. And well, they were equal to each other. They both equaled 141. And 141, it just so happened, also equaled the corpse. And um, if you look at it Masonically, later I realized that, well, um, it also equals Hiram Abiff. And, you know, Hiram Abiff is also, you know, there's the um, degree where he's he's a, a corpse. They all gather around him. He's dead. And then right. um, you as the initiate, I guess, are raised up. I'm not sure. I'm not a Mason, but that you're raised up and then you're given a secret cipher um by the masons and so i felt like this was my this was an initiatory experience that i'm receiving just right where i am you know um i didn't have to go anywhere for it i just kind of and and it also reminded me instantly of sort of david lynch's philosophy about transcendental meditation and using it for fishing for ideas where it's like you go deep 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 and you kind of forget about your intent the thing, you know what I mean? And, and where you are and what you're doing and what you want out of your practice. And then all of a sudden, like a fish, you know, it starts, it starts to bite 
And then, you know, at that point I was like, man, I've got a big one, you know, I've got a big one. And, uh, this thing starts following me around. Basically, uh, I'm one day I'm at work a couple of days later I had watched. Um, so after that I was like, well, I got to watch everything David Lynch did. Um, I watch, uh, Blue Velvet. I had never seen it. And, God, you know, how I went this long, how, how I went that long without watching Blue Velvet was, uh, I just don't know, but it was like, it wasn't the right time. It was like, it had to come to me at a time where, when I was ready to really receive it, how it was supposed to be received, you know? Um, and so, you know, one of the first, Scenes in Blue Velvet is Jeffrey Beaumont walking around in his suburban town and he finds an ear. And what was funny too is I had just come back from college. Um, and I was, you know, kind of rudderless to a degree and looking for something to do, you know. And, um, so he finds this ear out in the field and it takes him on this whole, uh, sort of clepothic journey. Right. The dark side of his town. And then uh, a few days later, I'm at work and I and I have this friend um, who, who or a co-worker and a friend and his girlfriend was working for Kingsport Times News delivering newspapers. And she I mean, she only worked for, for him for like maybe three or four days, which is also, you know what I mean? It's like she brought the news. Anyway, she brings the newspaper in and she's trying to make some extra money off these extra newspapers. She leaves them. She puts aside like 50 cents or whatever. Uh, and I look at the newspaper and there's this headline that says irreparent. And, and I, I can't remember what the story was about, actually, but I was just like, that made so much sense to me, you know, on a synchromistical level. And then on the on the same page, there's a headline that says uh, something about meals to uh, uh, meals on wheels. And, you know, there's this whole thing about Laura Palmer works for she does uh, volunteer work for meals on wheels, kind of like as a cover. And um you know, one of the big clues in the show is they, they hand, um, uh, somebody gets a, a note that says, check into the meals on wheels, you know, and, uh, you know, just stuff like that just kept happening, you know, and, um, when I saw those headlines, I look up on a, at a fast food sign next to me and it says, keep a diary. <laughs> so, that's what I've been doing ever since. The universe has been speaking and you've been listening. And That's I started, awesome. you know, deconstructing Twin Peaks using that cipher. And it's all, it's a gift that just keeps giving, you know, like, um, and it's always really basic, easy stuff that you don't even have to really explain. Like, for instance, like Garmon Bozio by the cipher equals Mike and Bob, you know, just real simple <laughs> stuff, you know. Awesome. That's great. Well, I guess, uh, uh, what do you think, Vance? Is this making sense about what they're doing, their mediumship, or do uh, does the audience have a question? Um, I didn't see many questions. People are talking about it. Um, it's it's interesting. I've never heard of this type of approach before, you know, kind of crossing the worlds between the worlds, right? What's that poem from Twin Peaks? <laughs> the wizard calls out, <laughs> oh, yeah. et cetera. Fire walk with me. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's that's one of the 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 themes too is uh, uh, that we've been working on is uh, bridging and communicating with these worlds through this technology. But we we're both sort of I think we're all on the same page as far as this like uh, mirror world. This uh, uh, this is sort of a, a broken 
world, not not necessarily in a negative way. It's just the the nature of the way it functions. It's like a, a hall of mirrors. And, uh, you know, if we talk about uh, communicating with uh, intelligences like beyond like a Kabbalistic, the abyss, you know, there's a surface reflection and Koranzon is the disperser. You know, and it's like a prism where the the supernal light comes through and it, it breaks up and we're picking up on all these different pieces and trying to put it together in a way. Right. And, you know, of course, there's the famous scene in um, Twin Peaks season two where there's the broken mirror at the very end and, you know, connects to a lot of other th themes, too, for, for me personally, with like a. Uh, Alice in Wonderland and the work of Stanley Kubrick also eyes wide shut character's name is Alice there's a lot of mirror imagery yeah, that makes sense I think the I Matrix, saw that of course of course <laughs> that was the question I had in, in the sink as I was looking down this is the question pretty much what I was going to ask how do you know if you're being led by the white lodge or the black one <clears throat> Briggs might have been misled well, yeah, I mean, we have evidence that uh, Major Briggs is sort of trapped, you know. Um, he's doing a job uh, for we don't know who. He thinks the White Lodge. Um, he's jumping through portals. He's spreading information to basically anyone that will listen. Um, we see the parable of this and the story of Bill Hastings and uh, Ruth, uh, I'm forgetting her last name, his library, no, <laughs> Bill, Bill Hastings, li librarian girlfriend. Um, anyways, they're, they're getting uh, information. They're getting tipped off by someone called the, the major. And uh, it turns out we find major Briggs's body in bed with, uh, with mm -hmm. Ruth. Um, and they think, you know, everybody thinks, well, Bill Hastings killed this woman uh, it turns out, you know, uh, Blue Rose and Gordon Cole know better than that. They take him uh, to the place where Major Briggs had led them the night before her death, which is like, uh, I think it's way far away from where they live, you know. But uh, uh, anyways, that's where Bill Hastings brain. Uh, yeah, Ruth Davenport. Thank you. Anyways, um, Bill Hastings goes back to the zone with uh, Project Blue Rose and they see uh, a lot of woodsmen milling around and a, a portal opens up and this is a place called the zone. Uh, Bill Hastings famously had an internet blog called search for the zone. And well, I guess he found it. And when he did it, you know, eventually it blew his brains out, you know, Oh, that was uh, a gruesome death. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> and they say, you know, he's dead. <laughs> but just a little the hell top, happened. You know? Yeah. The thing <laughs> is, is like, yeah, I mean, really, um, I mean, yeah, when you get into, you start getting into these spirit ontologies and stuff. Yeah. You really don't, you really don't know who's guiding you or what, you know, and that, uh, that's kind of, that's just kind of something you have to, uh, you have to accept as an agent of the LPA is, um, and you have to be very strong about setting up your own boundaries. So if, uh, you're being asked to do something that is not so good or that doesn't feel right, then by all means, please don't. Yeah. I'm sure. Some as, of us, uh, John and Keel said, uh, 
these ultra terrestrials have uh, moralities that we might never understand and they I've are seen. cosmic they're cosmic shit posters and we yeah, know that, that could be yeah that hits like a, a a ton of bricks on the internet in meeting with cosmic powers so yeah be trolls careful. sometimes yeah. literally absolutely yeah we i definitely get trolled sometimes you know yeah i, I would say um I'm sure some some of us and and a lot of the listeners viewers might have done psychedelics and uh, looked at your own face in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you if you see a, a twisted, warped, demonic, evil face, is that is that coming from within you? Are you projecting that and it's reflecting back, or is that an objective being that's looks like you but is your shadow side, right? An evil. Yeah, sort of subjective, in my opinion. I don't I don't really think of things as as good or bad, the black or the white. You know, it's uh, is this is this going to benefit me and my goals and my goals? I don't think are are bad in any sense, because it's expanding the consciousness, your awareness. And that includes all the things that we typically typically think of as being like bad or negative. Right. Yeah, and you and uh, I'm pretty much done with the either or kind of paradigm. Absolutely. So yeah, that's saying, kind of, that's I, I talk a lot yes. about. I talk a lot about that in in the journal that there the, there are these temptations, you know, um, and they both have their own crusades and their own pitfalls and their own trap doors. You know, there's I'm going to be this the world savior, or I'm going to be you know we we see how that usually turns out, or I'm going to be <laughs> you know the B six 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 or you know whatever like you really have to you know avoid and put on the brakes sometimes and really pay attention. I guess that's why it's important you know to supplement if you're going to do this kind of work to supplement with uh, meditation and uh, to spend a grounding lot of time. is important regardless. Yeah, banishment yeah, yeah. has become very important to me over time. Like I guess a couple of years ago, I kind of got I was like forget all this banishment. You know, and um, but now it's very important to me again um, since I've been really deep into this work. Same uh, here. Same because here. there have been times where I have been like, uh, I don't know. You know well, and, if, we're, if we're trying to bring something down, th- an antenna doesn't work if it's not firmly rooted in the ground. Right. I mean, it, it's it, it might have a personal, you know, gnosis uh, transformation internally. But if, if the goal is to try to spread some of these ideas and these forces in a practical way that other people find useful, you have to be grounded and, and be able to distribute that in a, in a rational cogent way. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Good advice. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it really is about consent at some point, if you let something good or bad come within you, you let it in and you've got to figure out when was that entry point, what was going on and, you can find a way to exercise it. So right. it's possible. Which is so, where the spirit box and using the cipher, I think, comes in handy. Right. Yes, that's that's absolutely. how you can sort of vet a spirit or an ultra terrestrial or whatever. You know, you can find all the correspondences and do research and oh, this this guy seems like he might be trying to help me with my current work. Right. <laughs> right. This guy's right, an right. asshole. You know? <laughs> I want to hear some of the juicy uh communications you've gotten from the boxes from the uh from the lodges. Did any of them uh, ask you to uh, buy extended car warranty? Sometimes stuff like that comes through, you know, I mean, you are listening to a radio, so it's like, yeah, yeah. 
sometimes like you'll get stuff where it's like above.com and then, but then something else will really, (laughs) something really interesting will come in through that. And it's like, it all, it all lines up, you know, as a, as a cogent message or whatever. But uh, I mean, the stuff that's really fresh on my mind right now um, is, is the stuff that's not in the journal, you know, and a lot, and, but I think probably one of the most, mind blowing experiences was actually agent seven, seven, seven. That's my partner, Leah. Um, some stuff we weren't expecting, like with the, uh, the angels that came, the angel paradigm came in real heavy for a while with us. And, um, Mm. she's not particularly interested in Christianity or the angelic paradigm or any of the old goetic stuff. Um, and so, she started getting these messages like more from Gabriel, more from Gabriel and and Gabriel, the name Gabriel came up a couple of times and a couple of messages. And I was reading it. I was going back over it today. And, you know, the first time it comes up, she doesn't even make note of it, you know? And um, then later I'm like, I think the Gabriel has come up a couple of times now. And then we started looking at it. Mm. And also the name, Michael came up a couple of times in, in these really like, uh, kind of impressive ways like it feels like these angelic intelligences are trying to uh to tell us something and Which so, is interesting because this is around the same time when i was sort of deep diving into the gregory and the fallen yes. angels right yeah. yes yeah and it, it all starts and it, and it's like yeah we start we start uh, yeah and, and it it guides our esoteric research you know at, at pretty much at, at all times now um and so we she she makes you know we study the angel gabriel's correspondences a little bit um we she sets up the um the magic square for the moon and we do a couple of things um and she has a a a real low-key experience you know and it gives her some intel about um a a trip that she was going to make back to her her home and basically told her a way to deal with some people in order for that trip to be uh harmonious and well it worked you know and um it felt more though like a like a like a a lesson about camouflage you know and so it made me really wonder well is this angel gabriel or is this just like I, you know, I don't know. These spirit ontologies get messy again, you know, <laughs> and then um, we we went and did it another time. And I used the conjuration from um, the old, an old, an old uh, grimoire. And well, it worked wonderfully. Um, mm. You know, there were uh, all kinds of weird things that happened like afterwards. So I asked for a sign that it was actually the angel Gabriel that was talking to us. Right. And I kind of was like, it's gotta be something that lines up with these core correspondences to the spirit. And it was like a list of things. Um, and what happens is about 12 o'clock that night, two radio towers go down in the country of Moldova. Oh, wow. And, um, it just so happens that the angel Gabriel is, uh, He's the angel of, first of all, the Russian army, um, also radio workers, radio towers, um, and radio, yeah, telecommunications, 
all that kind of stuff. And yeah. And it, uh, so those two towers, those towers went down, they were old Soviet towers. And that's also kind of uh, reminds me of, you know, Valis or the Philip K. Dick thing. But, uh, and I'd really like to get into that in a second, but no, um, that was my next yeah, question. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so these two old Soviet towers go down and, um, Nobody to this day has explained what happened there exactly. The Ukrainians, um, they blame the Russians. The Russians blame the Ukrainians. And it was a big deal because they thought, the Moldovans thought, great, we're getting sucked into this war, you know. But then it kind of it's kind of fizzled. And um, because I, nobody could figure it out, no harm done, I guess, you know. And um, to make things even stranger, a day later, uh, somebody who had been following me for quite a while that was from Moldova. I had no clue, no clue. And I hadn't mentioned this publicly or anything messages me. And it's like, I, man, I really like to get that book of numbers. You know, I, I don't have the money and I'm afraid war's about to break out, but oh, wow. please send me that book of numbers. It has some stuff in there that I'm really interested in. So I obliged and sent it, you know, uh, Gabriel's also the saint of, of the mail system as well. So, uh, you know, and that all worked out good. Saint. The demon of the mail. Yeah. And it is. And this is also something. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because, you know, I was like, I was like, yeah, this is a, this is an amazing sign. This is an amazing, you know, this is very convincing, but also like, do I want, war to break out over the request of a sign you know is this and and it made me really feel like um what are the ethics at play here what where does you know the right and wrong thing came in again like what what is it exactly that i'm dealing with here um and what what power these these beings have you know and so this is not a it's not a game um but for them, it, it seems like it kind of is like, and it's like, um, and that movie was an interstellar where the guy is on the other side of the singularity yeah. and he's like pushing the books. I mean, it was like, it was like that. That's how I envisioned it. You know what I mean? It's like this intelligence has that kind of power to where if you ask for a sign, it can show you, it can really show you, you know? Fascinating. All right, well, let us speak of our uh, mutual Lord and Savior, St. Philip K. Dick. <laughs> How does he play into all of this? Well, uh, recently, uh, well, it was summer of this year, actually, uh, not too far from the Serpent Mound in Ohio, uh, went up there on the uh, uh, summer solstice. And this is just one example of how PKD's energy is influencing all this work. Uh, got off track a little bit on the way back home and uh well actually on the way up there we passed up uh uh de la palma road right and uh philip k dick talks about the palm tree garden which right. is sort of like this mirror paradise world to the black iron prison so notice that right you know and then also uh, went through a little neighborhood on the way up there, and someone had a, an inflatable palm tree in their front yard, right? Oh, wow. So then uh, on, their, on our way back home, we got kind of turned around, and we ended up on De La Palma Road. Um, 
I, I don't have the the correspondences. There, there's numerology. The the gematria, you know, bears it out. It's in the book. But uh, uh, I, for some reason, when I got home a couple, I've days I've got later, it written here. Is that where you talk about two hundred five black goddess or Sebek and the palm tree garden? Is that yeah, one? yeah? That's getting into so, a whole nother. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Because yeah, I, I wrote down. Well, let me. Yeah, let me. Let me. Uh, zebra radio free album. Right, you guys right, got it right. All. But real quick, I just want to say that there's, and, and this ties into the whole idea of like the, uh, um, you know, the empire never ended, that we still live in 70 AD and that there's right. these like timelines sort of layered on top of each other. Uh, for some reason, when I got home, I looked up a map and uh, the lay of the land is oddly similar to uh, a bend in the River Nile right across from Cairo. There's a bridge on the same spot right across the bridge, uh, across the Nile. There's a police station. There's a police station across the bridge of this river that uh, De La Palma Road crosses over. And what is it? It's like the double double E cafe is across the bridge in Ohio uh, near the Serpent Mound. And of course, that references the double R diner from Twin Peaks. Right. Of course. Yeah, that's that's some fascinating <laughs> intel, Brasco. Right. Um, yeah, I guess the way I introduce it in the journal is, um, you know, we we I, uh, I was doing some work with the Typhonian tradition and running because so, I was pre, I've always been pretty obsessed with Kenneth Grant and one way or the other. It's like, even though I, I don't understand what the hell he's on about a lot of the times, I still <laughs> I still love it. You know, I don't think he did just, a lot of times. You know, yeah, yeah right. I love him too. A lot of it is. I mean, a lot of what Grant's doing is just kind of getting you in the in a in a gnostic in a frame a frame That's of right. mind. You know, um, but yeah. So I uh, was taking note of this seven year cycle that's. Um, that's associated with this uh, symbolism of the palm tree and the egg that shows up all through Thelema, uh, through Thelemic uh, revelatory or like prophetic history. Right. And it starts um, with some visions that Crowley had or, or uh, his mediums had. Um, uh, and it, it, it uh, cross sections with um the reception of Liberal and it goes on to like Freder Ashad's reception of his visions. And then um, it lands in the, the summer of love, 1967, where you get two majorly important albums by the Beatles. Um, the first one, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club, which has Aleister Crowley on the cover and also has a palm tree. Now, this is something I learned today is that that palm tree actually covered up the likeness of this guy. I can't remember his last name, but I took note that his first name was Leo. And um, so we know that the star Sirius uh, starts popping out in the morning time during the sun and Leo season yeah it, it wasn't kanye west who was <laughs> could be could, could be. be he's that important could according to him yes so could have been well so, sounds likely because the guy they covered him up because supposedly because he asked for four hundred dollars but you know you had yeah yeah to be on the cover of a beatles album with all these yeah. other geniuses you're, you know you're more immortal than you know a statue in rome if you're but it's very interesting that they covered him up with the palm tree because all the the symbolism of the palm tree, as it turns out, has a lot to do with with 
I think with the, the, the cycle of Sirius, I haven't really put it all together. Um, if you look at our list, we, I, I went ahead and laid out all those years and those seven year cycles. And a lot of them are blank and it's kind of like a game. Like if you, if you can fill it out, let us know. We're, we're working on it. But, um, the summer of love, the 1967 point was really important. Um, so there's the palm tree covering up Leo. Um, and then, you know, we're, the secret or hidden sun there. And, um, then there's all this like weird backwards speech and backwards music on that album. Um, and then you've got the same year, you've got the magical mystery tour, which has, uh, the Eggman goo 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 goo, you know? And so you have the palm, the egg that year and that seven year cycle with the Beatles, Right. And then what happens seven years later? Well, that's when PKD has his anamnesis event with the pink light and all that kind of stuff. And um, he has it while he's listening to Strawberry Fields Forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've kind of I'm kind of working on this theory for the next journal um, that the uh, there's this this practice was associated with Thelema. Leo Gorsa, yes, thank you. Yes. And um uh yeah, so I'm working on this I'm working on this idea that, you know, um so we can trace this this thing with this backmasking and you know this this the the discourse around backmasking and backwards music and all this stuff, it's kind of tied into a uh, a CD sort of Christian fundamentalism and satanic panic that I, uh, I really can't get down with, but there is something to that. And it's, they don't really, I don't know if anybody's ever really pointed it out, but, um, the reason that Led Zeppelin and the Beatles kind of got into that stuff to begin with was because, um, it was a a practice of the AA or the Argentum Astrum was in a, a Crowley class B document, um, called Lieber, to Sherub, which is uh Bereshit backwards. The Bereshit is of course the first uh the first word in uh the Torah um in the beginning. In the beginning, yeah, in Genesis and in the beginning. And um it's the first uh exercise in that uh in that book is uh, running records back, listening to records backwards, talk, uh, saying words backwards, writing backwards, uh, doing all this kind of stuff. And, and the idea is that you're, um, you're training your mind to, to think backwards so that you can start, uh, analyzing, like, why am I here in this spot? And then working backwards. It's a, a thing that like Robert Anton Wilson was pretty famous for doing, like in his, in his, uh, his speeches and his presentations and his books and stuff. And anyways, this is also connected to the abyss or the black lodge. Um, and that's something else that's important to remember when you're dealing with the twin peaks conception of the white and black lodge is that the black lodge is not necessarily a, an evil place. It's a dangerous place. It's not, a, it's a, it's a place of spiritual purification you know uh so so that you can enter into communion with the white lodge you know this it's um so when you the the uh the grade that you're working with in the aa here is the adeptus ex, adeptus exemptus and that 
grade is the grade that you take once you do the oath of the abyss and you enter into your work in the abyss with Kronzom. The Moth Zone, the Purple Sea. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so what happens there is, you know, you're you're doing this work towards spiritual transformation and uh, Crowley's idea is that you have to go back into past lives and all this stuff and really fully examine your karma before you can step into the White Lodge, you know, safely. It's more dangerous to try to step into the White Lodge without doing this work than not. And um, so my idea is kind of that um, with these techniques being proliferated into pop culture and being picked up by the bands that were so huge, like the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, and that that was uh, sort of projected into the airwaves, that the airwaves were actually enchanted by these techniques. And what we've done, where we are as a culture is we're in this abyss now, where we're, and we're being prepared by these sort of techniques so that we can get to the other side, you know, and um, something that's important about PKD's uh, anamnesis and his idea of like how these, these transmissions came to him and something that was very bothersome to him is that they would come to him through people that weren't necessarily good people. And they didn't, it didn't make him a better person. You know, it, it, it kind of, put him at odds with, with the people that he loved and, and the life that he wanted to live and, and, you know, kind of broke him down as a person. And it was all very similar, I think to, to like Lovecraft is when you're just like an open channel and you have no context for like what's happening. Yeah. And he struggled uh, and struggled 9,000 pages and several published (laughs) works, you know, and the exegesis was right. Like 9,000 published works. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and this is, yeah. And, and he comes, he bumps up against it sometimes, you know, but he never, you know, uh, he never really, yeah, he didn't understand where he was at, I think was, was the, was his main problem there that, that broke, broke him down. But yeah, I think that what, where we are, we've been plunged into this experience now, you know, um, with the abyss, we are in the black lodge, you know, we're all in the black lodge together. Maybe, maybe uh, bring it, bring it back to a little more of a practical level. I just now literally made this connection uh, before we hooked up with the listening post alpha. Uh, I, I had a small group I was working with here in Louisville and uh, we had been doing some work for about a year and uh, we were formulating uh, mantras of intention uh, by simply just reversing the statement, you know, it's like we want more discipline or whatever, whatever the intention Mm -hmm. was, we would, we would just write it out and speak it backwards. Mm. And uh, for, for me, that culminated at the end of the year was like a super blood wolf moon or something like that. uh, Like in January after the year with the, whether you want to believe it or not, the physical manifestation of, of a ultra terrestrial being showed up in, you know, my, my girlfriend at that time, she was the one that woke oh. me up in the middle of the night and she doesn't remember it, but I remember seeing this little fella, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Well said guys. Yeah. And of course, <clears throat> speaking of Philip K. Dick, and this is from your book and I'm just going to read it. 
because it gives context to Philip K. Dick also experienced messages on the radio accompanied by strange synchronistic occurrences associated with an ultra terrestrial being named Vallis. In Dick's book, Radio Free Albemuth, a neo fascist president takes over the United States and an intergalactic or possibly transdimensional resistance group sends messages through the airwaves to the protagonist. The, quote, the president's paranoia and opportunism led to the establishment of a real resistance movement that is organized through narrow beam radio transmissions from a mysterious alien near-Earth satellite by superintelligent extraterrestrial but less than omnipotent being or network named Valis. There you go. So that's how more how uh, Phil ties into your work and the whole communicating and, via these with these tools. Yeah, and by the cipher, you know, FAP FAP equals forty five. Trump was, of course, the forty fifth president. Also, Valis equals forty one, which equals PKD. It also equals a bunch of other cool stuff like THC pan and um uh, a special magical word luma that is very important to us um so yeah it's you know it's it's really phil k dick has been important to me for a long time and i've always felt like a deeper connection to his work you know like not like as soon as i like it's like when i heard his name it's like you know like when you when you like love at first sight or something, you know, it's like, I knew him. I knew who he was. I knew where this was going to take me, you know? And, um, and I think, yeah, I think we're kind of in a way, yeah, in the way that, that uh, we're living uh, uh, sort of a, um, in a twin peaks uh, sort of bubble, there's all this, the, this, uh, PKD stuff is also leaks through very heavily and it's, and it's very, it's more important than we have been able to suss out this point, but we're really, we're working on it. You know, it's really starting to come to us. And there you have it. You shining crazy diamonds, Bobby and Groucho keep the communication open with all the dimensions in our second part. Please support this Red Pill Cafeteria if you find any value in the content. It will cost you less than a buck per episode, and that's a deal of your many lifetimes. And again, join the Virtual Alexandria Academy. The alternative spirituality and philosophy of the Gnostics are more critical than ever in this Philip K. Dick world in Gnostic times. But this is our time to shine like crazy diamonds, we high priests and priestesses of Hermes, the god of thieves, and Sophia, the goddess of smugglers. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself, your true self, here in the desert of the real. Hello and goodbye, as always.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.